You know, we've got a good, we've got a good church. I was just thinking this morning, you know, don't lose sight of that. This, this is a great church. This is an awesome church. And we should be thankful for everyone we've got here, you know. We've got music, we've got Pastor, Pastor Rob, incredible lead, Pastor Rob and Pauline, incredible leaders of the church. And don't lose sight of that because you can all get, easily get caught up in all the negative things, all the, all the things that aren't right, or, you know, in, in church. But it's a great church. And enjoy it. Enjoy coming to church. Enjoy being here. Enjoy catching up with everyone around you. Um, yeah, so this morning, uh, if, if you turn in your Bibles, go to 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 24. We're going to look at another... Pastor Rob was... My name's Michael, by the way, if I haven't met you, part of the team here um, at One Heart. And um, thanks to Pastor Rob and Pauline for you know, the opportunity to, to talk to you today, to speak with you today. Um, in 2 Kings 6, it's another, Pastor Rob was talking about pictures of Jesus throughout the Bible, throughout the Old Testament. And this here is, in this story, we're going to see another picture of Jesus. It's a bit of an unlikely one. It's one that it, you don't necessarily, when you read it, think this is about Jesus, but, but it is. And just before we get into it, um, I've just got a bit of a, a, a rider for this story because... Um, it's a bit like when you watch the news or something and they say, you know, um, just a, a warning that some scenes may disturb some listeners in this story. So if you're a bit sensitive, block your ears now because you might not want to hear some, some of the stuff that's in this, this story. But if you've got the stomach for it, then keep your ears open. In Psalms 107, 8 to 9, it says, Let them give thanks to the Lord for his unfailing love and his wonderful deeds for mankind. For he satisfies the thirsty and fills the hungry with good things. So this morning we're looking at finding abundance, finding an abundant supply in an unlikely place. An abundant supply in an unlikely place. And if we go into this story, now this is a long story, so get yourselves comfortable but not too comfortable. We don't want anyone falling asleep. Um, but it does go for a while, and I know our attention spans in this day and age are sort of shrinking by the year. We're probably down to about 30 seconds now, but the younger you are, the, the more you're going to have to concentrate here for this story, okay? So be ready. Okay, if you follow along, 2 Kings 6, 20, 24. Sometime later, Ben-Hadad, king of Aram, mobilized his entire army, and marched up and laid siege to Samaria. There was a great famine in the city. The siege lasted so long that a donkey's head sold for 80 shekels of silver and a cup of seed pods for five shekels. As the king of Israel was passing by on the wall, a woman cried to him, Help me, my lord. The king replied, If the lord does not help you, where can I get help for you? From the threshing floor, from the wine press? Then he asked her, What's the matter? She answered, this woman said to me, give up your son so we may eat him today and tomorrow we'll eat my son. So we cooked my son and ate him. The next day I said to her, give up your son so we may eat him, but she had hidden him. When the king heard the woman's words, he tore his robes. As he went along the wall, the people looked 
And there underneath, he had sackcloth on his body. He said, may God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if the head of Elisha, son of Shaphat, remains on his shoulders today. Now Elisha was sitting in his house, and the elders were sitting with him. The king sent a messenger ahead, but before he arrived, Elisha said to the elders, don't you see how this murderer is sending someone to cut off my head? Look, when the messengers come, shut the door and hold it shut against him. Is not the sound of his master's footsteps behind him? While he was still talking to them, the messenger came down to him, and the king said, This disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? Now, that's not the end. That's his brief intermission. Catch your breath. Um, say hi to someone next to you. Okay, chapter 7. Elisha said, Hear the word of the Lord. This is what the Lord says. About this time tomorrow, a seer of flour will sell for a shekel and two, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer on whose arm that the king was leaning said to the man of God, Look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? You will see it with your own eyes, answered Elijah, but you will not eat any of it. Now there were four men with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, Why stay here until we die? If we stay, we'll go into the city. If we say we'll go into the city, the famine is there and we'll die. And if we stay here, we'll die. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. At dusk, they got up and went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, not a man was there, for the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army. So they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and abandoned their tents and their horses and donkeys. They left the camp as it was and ran for, the lives, ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver, gold and clothes and went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent and took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, we're not doing right this day. This is a day of good news and we're keeping it to ourselves. If we wait till daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let it go at once and report this to the royal palace. So they went and called out the city gatekeepers and told them, we went into the Aramean camp and not a man was there, not a sound of anyone, only tethered horses and donkeys and the tents left just as they were. The gatekeepers shouted the news. It was reported within the palace. The king got up in the night and said to his officers, I will tell you what the Arameans have done to us. They know we are starving, so they have left the camp to hide in the countryside, thinking they will surely come out, then we'll take them alive and get into the city. One of his officers answered, Have some men take five of the horses that are left in the city. Their plight will be like that of all the Israelites left here. Yes, they will only be like all the Israelites who are doomed. So let us send them to find out what happened. So they selected two chariots with their horses, and the king sent them after the Aramean army. He commanded the drivers, go and find out what has happened. They followed them as far as the Jordan, and they found the whole road strewn with clothing and equipment the Arameans had thrown away in their headlong flight. So the messengers returned and reported to the king. Then the people went out and plundered the camp of the Arameans. So a seer of flour sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley sold for a shekel, as the Lord had said. We're almost at the end. I need a couple more sentences. Now the king had put the officer 
on whose arm he leaned in charge of the gate, and the people trampled him in the gateway, and he died, just as the man of God had foretold when the king came down to his house. It happened as the man of God had said to the king about this time tomorrow, a seer of flour will sell for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. The officer had said to the man of God, look, even if the Lord should open the floodgates of heaven, could this happen? The man of God had replied, you'll see it with your own eyes, but you'll not eat any of it. And that is exactly what happened to him. For the people trampled him in the gateway and he died. Wow. Everyone's still awake? <laughs> it's a pretty interesting story, that one. Um, and in this... In this, as I said, this is a picture of Jesus, even though, but Jesus is all through the Bible. He's everywhere in the Bible. Every story is related to him. Everything relates to him in some way or another, shape or form. It all relates to Jesus. And so in this story, just before we get, get into that, turn, turn to someone, I don't, I don't, like, I don't usually do this because someone's a bit awkward, but turn to someone and say, are you living in famine or fruitfulness. <laughs> Hang on, it was only one sentence. <laughs> Are you living in famine or fruitfulness? <laughs> See, in this in this story in this story, right? We see what, what happens with the Israelite people is that somehow they, they get distracted from, from God. They, they neglect their calling God. They ne neglect their, their um, reliance on God and their, and, and their life with God. And what happens is they, it, it leads them to this disconnection and... And the, what enters into their life is this famine and weakness. They get this famine and weakness in their lives and they find themselves in a place where they're in this walled city and they're, they're intimidated by, by the enemy. They're, 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 they're confined in, their, in a life, intimidated by the enemy and the world around them. And they've got no food. They're They're starving in this place and that that is something that can happen in our lives as Christians or if you're not a Christian here today that is how it feels when you're disconnected from Jesus when you don't have that vital connection to to the supply of Jesus in your life you start to feel you start to get a famine in your spirit you start to get hungry you start to get desperate in your spirit you get hungry and, and dissatisfied and and weakness you, you become weak and satan satan's main aim his his main goal is to separate you from jesus christ his main aim is that you will not connect with jesus christ and if you do that he will distract disconnect you from him because he knows he wants to steal kill and destroy and he knows that if he can get you separated from Christ, get you distracted, get, get you off track, that, that will be the end result. And so it's his main aim, his main goal in, in, in life for people. 
And so in, one, in 2 Corinthians 11.3, it says, But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So, I, I don't know about you, but I've had times in my Christian life when I've felt in a, like a walled up in a city. I've felt like I'm surrounded by the enemy. And, and I feel intimidated and I feel like I'm not overcoming. I feel like I'm stuck and I can't move forward in life. And when you trace it back, you can think there was times of neglect there. When I neglected the word of, I neglected feeding myself the word of God. I neglected prayer. I ne- neglected those worship. I neglect, you know, even neglecting coming together. And it causes this, um, this uh, famine in your, in your life. And you find that you'll, You'll lose, you'll lose faith and hope in that place. And so, yeah, let's get this out. And so this is, this is where we find ourselves. With Ben Haddad, who, who is the enemy, who, who represents Satan, basically, mobilized army and, and he's laid siege and he's laid siege to Samaria in this story. And he can lay, lay siege to your life. And you can start to lose hope. You can think, I'm slowly starving here. I don't have the sustenance I need. I don't have the strength that I need to, go, to walk through life. And when, and when this happens, it says, it goes on, it says, there was a great famine and the siege lasted so long the donkey's head sold for eight shekels of silver and a cup of seed pods for five shekels. So when, when Jesus, when his, his um, supply lacks in our lives, when, when, his, when his sustenance, when his, his goodness, when all the riches that he has, when, we, when, we, when we're not tapping into that, I suppose, we start to get... Um, a famine in our life and we turn to things we turn to other things to satisfy us and you know what you you start to eat things that you just shouldn't eat you start to you start to get a donkey's head you know you start to eat donkey's heads and dried seed pods and I don't know about you, but if, you, if, you, if I get invited around for tea or, or lunch, I don't want to see a donkey, you know, nobody wants to see a donkey's head, you know, in the centre of the table. Like, it's, a, it's a disgusting thing. It's, it's something you don't, you don't normally eat, right? Maybe there's some cultures where it's a delicacy. Actually, I was told the other week that apparently... Cow's head is a delicacy in some country, is it? <laughs> no, hey, goat's head, yes, but donkey, well, donkey is too far. Let's let's be honest. <laughs> but you, you can dress up. You can dress up. You know, you can dress up a donkey's head. You can put an apple in its mouth. You can put some parsley on its head. But it's still a donkey's head. It's still a disgusting thing to eat. Nobody wants to eat that. But the thing is, when, when we have that lack, 
that's what we start to do. We start to eat things that just shouldn't be eaten. And the donkey's head represents things like getting, getting drunk or, 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 or taking drugs or, or you know, hurting people with your words because it makes you, makes you feel good or, or gossip or slander or, or loving money, like just desiring, have this insatiable desire for more wealth and, and money or gambling or, or, or sexual immorality, all these things. Because we have a need in us that if Jesus doesn't satisfy it, we'll, we'll try anything else to satisfy it. And, and, these, and these guys, when they, in this city, they would have found this donkey's head and he would have gone to his mates and like, look at this donkey's head I've got. Oh, look, I've got, some, I've got a donkey's head. And he would have been so, so excited to eat, you know, take the eyes out and eat them and the ears off and the, the tongue and... But he would, no, he would have been loving it. And you know what? But every, anyone that had real food would be saying, mate, that's disgusting. And, and when you've had the, the real food of Jesus and real food that he supplies, then you look at those things and you say, mate, that's just, that's just disgusting. I used to eat that, but you, you don't have to eat that. <laughs> you can have some steak. Just get rid of that thing. And so the, and, but even further than that, it says that this woman, they eat somebody's child. I mean, that is, that's just sick. That's sickening. And, and, you know, but that's what happens with us. We start to, it says in Galatians, if you keep on biting and devouring each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. So we get, when we get into that place of lack, we start trying to extract things from people and we start biting and devouring each other saying I, I you know I, I, you, you're you, you're annoying me you, you you know you start to try and grab things from people and extract your needs you, you, you need love and you're desperately trying to pull it out of somebody or you need these things and you start we start to biting and devouring each other when we should have a supply in us so that that we're not doing that. We can give to others instead of trying to extract and take out of each other's lives. And so this king, and so this king says, you know, this disaster is from the Lord. Why should I wait for the Lord any longer? You know what? This, when this happens, we can say, we can get upset with God or we can get upset with with. Um, the messenger or, or a pastor or something. But, we, you know what, this is just, it's like a, something that is set up in the world that is, God has set up from the beginning of time. So if we neglect the, our walk with Christ, if we neglect those things, this is like a natural result. It's it just happens. It's like gravity. If you jump, if I jump off the stage, I'll, I'll hit the ground. If if we neglect it, this is just a result that is set in place. It's like sowing and reaping. It's a principle that God has set in place. But the reason He set it in place is so that it it, it um, we can't be satisfied without Him, and that's how He wants it. He wants it that we can't be satisfied without Him. So He set up this principle. <clears throat> 
so that when we get into that lack, when we feel starved, we turn back and run to him again. That's the whole reason why this principle is in place. It's like the prodigal son. He's, he finds himself starving in the pig pen, but he comes to his senses and he runs back. And, that, and that's what God desires for us all to run back to him, to his supply that he has for us. And so don't be offended at that. It's just the way, way it is. And we just, we have, just have to work with it because that's how God has, has set it up. And so Elijah says, hear the word of the Lord. And you might, you know, you might be hearing this today and, and we, we, talk, we talk about Jesus supplying us and being able to fill us with good things and fill us with pleasures, with joy with those sort of things that we need in our life and you might be thinking yeah I, yeah right yeah I don't really believe what you're saying you might not be thinking it in those words but underlying there's there's an unbelief in 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 your heart or in our hearts there's this underlying thing that says I don't really think that Jesus is going to supply all those things to me our natural mind kicks in our natural reasoning kicks in and says you know what there's better ways to find life there's better ways to find um what i need and so we try to do all these other things but we find that it doesn't work and so this this morning you know do do we have faith because it's easy to say yeah i believe but our belief shows up in our action. Our belief will show up in our action. So hear the, hear the word of the Lord. This word this morning could be for us all a word that changes our life, that radically changes our life, that brings us into a place of abundance, of supply of all that we need in, in God. Or it could be a word that does absolutely nothing that doesn't do anything in, in our lives at all. But it depends on if we have faith and, and take that action that we need to take. And so it, it goes on, and these, these lepers, these four lepers, they, they say, you know, why, let's go over to the Aramean camp and surrender. If they spare us, we live. If they kill us, then we die. So these lepers, what they're basically saying is, you know what, to the... This looks like to us, it's either going to be death or slavery. That's, that's their two options. They're, they're not thinking, if we go over to this camp, that, that's all they're thinking. There's no thought in their mind that, that they will receive what, that they, they don't even know what is, lay, is laid out for them in the wilderness place. But they're going there thinking, you know, this is either going to be death or slavery. And you can think that about Christianity. You, think, you can think that about Jesus. I remember thinking that myself about Jesus. I was like, Christianity, it's either death, death to, death to my life, or slavery. I'll just be bound up in these rules and, and rituals of Christianity. And so I had a similar mindset. But the thing is, when you get, when the lack can cause desperation. Starvation can cause you to, to do things try things that you wouldn't otherwise try because of our pride basically we're, we're proud 
You know, people say that, um, you know, oh, Jesus is a crutch, you know. You came to him because you, were, you had a really bad time in your life. Well, Jesus isn't a crutch. <laughs> He's the only way to life. He's the only way we can have life. And so without him, we don't have life. And it's only human pride that, that, that causes us to need to be at the rock bottom before we'll actually consider, consider Jesus. And so they, they, and so they, they try this. They say, well, let, let's go. And so they reach this place and there's nobody there. No, everybody's gone. And there's, you know, there's um, a nice roast lamb just on the fire there with some veggies and, you know, some nice fruit. What do they have there? Dates back there. That doesn't sound very appetizing. There's some pavlova. There's, um, there's some nice brewed coffee, fresh brewed coffee by the fire. There's, um, there's gold. There's just $100 notes just laying around everywhere. And they're like, they're like, this wasn't what, that wasn't what we, this wasn't what we expected. They're like, and they're just like overwhelmed. Like, this is amazing. Look at this, all this food, all this riches just laid out here in the middle of the wilderness. And that's, that's what it's like when you actually do taste and see Jesus. You find that, I thought this was going to be a boring life of bondage and rules and rituals. And I've come to, to Jesus and he's, he's just laid out for me all the riches I could want. All the supply I could ever need in my life. And it, it was unexpected for me. Was it unexpected for you? Was that something you expected when you found Jesus? Or, or not? Because I didn't expect it. But, but that, that's what happened with these guys. In Colossians 2.15 it says, And having disarmed the powers and authorities, Jesus made us public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. You see, Satan is defeated. He was defeated on the cross and the spoils are laid out for anyone who would want them. The only thing is that they're in an unlikely place to our natural mind. They're in a spot where you wouldn't expect it to be. You wouldn't expect to find it. But it's there for anyone who wants it. It's just laid out for anyone who would, who would accept it. I, lo- I love that song we, we sang, the enemy is... How does it say? The enemy is defeated. Jesus has won. He is. The enemy is defeated. Jesus has won. Past tense, he has won. The victory is just coming. He's already won. The party's coming later. But, he, but he's done the job. And so they, they start, you know, they start tucking into the, the roast lamb and the pork and the chicken and Pavlova and the, what else? Co- no, what is it? coffee and fruit? Yeah, fruit. We've got to have a healthy option in there. Fruit, and and they're like and they're getting full. You know, they've been starving for who knows how long. These lepers have been starving, and they start to fill up on this food. And they and they're sitting around there by the fire, and they and they're satisfied. They're full for the first time in probably months or who I don't know how long I maybe should have researched how long this famine was but they've they've finally got their bellies full and they've got these riches and they've hid them 
and they're set up. And then it starts to dawn on them. Now that they're full and satisfied, hang on. We, we need to tell the rest of the people. The peop- there's people starving in, that, in the city. We've got to go tell them. We, we, can't just, we can't just be here and just enjoy this. We're full now, but now we want to tell, we want to tell the people that are in that city. And as, as Christians, you know, sometimes you go through life and you think, when, when, you, when you have a lack in your walk, what, what happens is what Jesus speaks, his commandments start to become, uh, a bur- become hard work. Like they start to become something that you have to do. They start to become things you, you, you know, they, they become hard work instead of, becoming, uh, instead of being a natural thing. But I don't know about you, but when I've been full, when I'm full in my life, those things come naturally. Producing fruit comes naturally. Um, you know, those things, talking to people comes naturally. They don't always respond or react the way you might think, but it comes naturally. And in the word for today on, on Friday, I love this. It says, fruit doesn't struggle to grow. It simply draws life from the tree to which, which it's connected and thrives. So often... Often we go through life trying to, we've got very little in us and we're trying to extract this little bit out in order to do what, what Christ has, you know, said, said, called for us to do. And it's like, it's like, don't you, I hate when you get to the bottom of the margarine thing, you know, when you've got just that tiny bit left and you're sitting there with the knife and your scrapes go trying to just extract enough for that bit of toast you know and you're just and you're just not quite enough and then you open the next you know you get the fresh one and you just peel that bit of paper off and it's just like wow this is <laughs> just lay it on you know lay it on you got abundant supply you know that's i love that or even the you know the toothpaste and you got the you're trying to extract a bit enough to brush your teeth and then you get the new one and it's just like you overdo it. It's like pfft, you got you know, loads on there. But it's, you know, that's what, it's, that's what it gets like in our life. We get, we get so less, so little in us that we're getting through a day and we're trying to extract enough to be nice to this person. We're trying to just extract enough just to, um, just to be loving to them instead of, getting angry and bent out of shape you know we're, we're living in this perpetual scraping the last bit out of our supply and Jesus isn't doesn't want us to live like that he wants us to have the full margarine thing, thing as it were the fullness the overflowing so that when somebody it's like here here you want yeah how that I'm, I'm, I'm happy to give that to you I've got I've got plenty I've got plenty to go around that's how I want to live in that abundant supply of what, of what Jesus has for our lives. And so when we're full, we will be fruitful. It's natural. When we're full, we will be fruitful. You won't have to try. You just will be. So we can either live in famine or in fruitfulness. It's our choice. And when Jesus said, all authority has been given to me, therefore go. 
you know what, there's, a, there's an extra bit on there that probably needs to be joined to it. But he said, but first be filled. He said, all authority on earth, heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore go and make disciples of all nations. But first, wait in the upper room and be filled. He knew that we don't have the capacity to fulfill that commission in our own strength. We just do not have the capacity, which is why he said, but first be filled. Be filled and then you'll be able to, to do that. You'll be able to do that command. It'll, it'll come naturally to you. And so these lepers, you know, the lepers come back and they say, hey, there's, there's an abundance just laying out in the wilderness there. And, you know, these lepers, they're sort of like Christians. Because to, to the world, Christians are sometimes a bit like lepers. They're a bit like the outcasts. A bit like the, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, okay. Mm. Sometimes it's like that. <laughs> but you see, the lepers had the answer. And if people are starving, see, people get to the point when they're starving. And you know what? They'll listen to the leper. They'll listen to a leper. They'll say, you know what? I'm starving here. You're telling me there's food out there? I'll give it a go. And I think people are starting to find a star starving in their lives more and more. A hunger growing in people's lives. That when the lepers come, the Christians, not, not you know, it, it's not always like that. But Jesus said, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world. But I've chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. So sometimes the world is going to hate us. It's going to not like us. But the fact is, these people that, that sometimes reject us or say, no, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to know about that. You know, in the background, they've got, they're eating a donkey's head at, uh, in the table at home. They, they've got these, these things in our life that, and they know that they're starving. They know that they need something. And so, I don't know about you, but I want to be full and I want to be fruitful in, 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 in my in bringing people to Christ. But, I, but you have to know that that is, that is something that only full of the Holy Spirit we can accomplish, we can do. And so they, they hear this news. And so the officer says, Let's, let us send men to find out what has happened. So they're, they're a bit sceptical. They're a bit sceptical. They're, they're a bit concerned that when they go out to, the, to this place that the enemy is hidden and they're going to capture them all. And you know what? That, that, is, that is like, that's how it can be with Christianity or with Jesus. You can think, you know, you might be sceptical. You can think... Um, you can think, well, church, church is just only after my money, for example. You can be sceptical. Or they're just a control organization. They just want to bring me in, control me, make me do what, what they want me to do. And so these thoughts, you can think, I'm going to be captured. I'll, I'll lose my freedom. I'll lose my liberty if I come to Jesus. That'll be the end of me. And so you're sus suspicious. 
you're suspicious about it. But you know what? If you're here today, the fact the church, as Pastor Rob often says, we we don't. People can freely give if they wish here. Nobody's saying you need you must give this or that or the other. It's encouraged because it's a good it's it's a good principle. But nobody's saying you must do this, you must do that. It's totally up to you. It's to, it's our free will. And, and and in other areas, we we actually get freedom. But if you're skeptical here today, then send out a scout. Send out a send out a messenger. Just try it. What what do you get? What's going to happen? Try coming to church. Try accepting Jesus. Try reading the Bible. Try praying. What's the worst that's going to happen? At least send out a scout and see if it is actually true. See if what I'm speaking to you today is actually true. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. At least try it. You you have to try it. it. There's hope here. There's potential hope here. Well, there is, but there's potential hope. There's potential supply like you've that we've never known before. And in Psalm sixteen eleven, it says, "You have made known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence, with eternal pleasures at your right hand." So these messages, so the messengers go out, and it's like it is, it is what they said it was. The lepers. We're right. The lepers were right. The Christian, that guy that was a Christian that I always used to think was a bit of a whatever, he was right. And I, I absolutely identify with that because I was 26 when I became a Christian and my parents had witnessed to me. My dad had at that. I'd seen Christians through my life and I always thought, no, no way. I'm not becoming a Christian. No, no. Boring, mundane. You guys, you don't know what you're doing. I know, you know, I've, I've got life here. I'm going well here, you know. I don't want to become a Christian. Why do I want to become a Christian? But you know what? When the report comes back and you taste and see that Jesus is good, what happens here is the whole city is just like a stampede, just out the gate. Everybody's just legging it, running out to this this um, this lavish uh, riches and food in the de- they're starving, so they're just rushing out, just legging it to this place in total freedom, and they find these riches, and that that's what it's like. It's like why didn't I remember thinking why didn't I do this earlier? Why did I wait 26 years? Why did I do that? I was so disappointed. I regretted it. So much that I had waited 26 years and lived a life that was, it didn't help me, it didn't help anyone, anyone around me. I'm just being honest. It, was, it, wasn't, it, wasn't a fun, it wasn't a great life. There was no fruit in my life. There was nothing. And I remember distinctly thinking that. Why 26 years? But you know what? I'm glad that, it, that I actually came to that decision. I'm glad that I actually did taste and see that Jesus is good. And you can do that today. And if you've, if you've found yourself disconnected from Jesus, reconnect. Taste again and see that he's good again. Reconnect to that abundant supply that he has for your life. And so, there is a storehouse of riches that Christ has laid out for you and me to partake of. 
So if I get the the worship worship team back up, there's um. So in, in this in this, so when these people rush out of this camp, there's a guy, and he's he's in the doorway, he's in the gateway of the city, and it says. Elisha had said to this, this servant, you'll see it with your own eyes, but you will not eat any of it. And so there's this guy. He's in the gateway. And, and this great crowd comes rushing out of the city and he's trampled underfoot and he dies. He dies. He dies. He, he doesn't ever get to taste and see this. And you know what? He didn't get to taste and see it because he didn't believe. He didn't, he was in unbelief. He was like, I don't believe you. I don't, I don't believe what you're saying. Don't be, don't be that man today. Be part of the crowd that rushes out and finds the the supply that Jesus has for your life. Don't be that man standing at the gate saying, I don't believe, I refuse to believe. I refuse to to even try. Don't be that man. Jesus desperately doesn't want you to be that person. He gave your life. He gave his life for you. He he loved us so much. He gave his life for us. He opened this door for us. And so we, I'm compelling you today. If you don't know, if you've never tried, if you've never tried Jesus, if you've never asked him to forgive your sins and accepted him into your heart, do that. Do that today. Do it this morning. In fact, why don't we do that right now? Why don't we give people the opportunity to to give to give your life to Christ? You might be here, and honestly, in your heart, you're saying, "You know what? I am eating. I am eating things that I shouldn't be eating. I am." I feel this uh, lack in my life. This I feel starved. I feel that I'm not full. I, I, I'm just always grasping at things and wanting to get things into my life to try and fill this, this starvation that I feel. You, may like, you might be like that this morning. And, maybe, and if you have never asked Jesus to, to come into your life, if you've never run out to see what he has for your life, the abundant life he has for you, if you've never asked him to forgive you for eating those donkey heads, to forgive you for, for taking from people, and, and it's what we call sin, what Pastor Rob mentioned in communion about sin. It's about wrong things that we do. It hurts us, it hurts other people. And Jesus wants us to live a better life. And he's supplied his Holy Spirit to us to give us the opportunity and availability to do that. So if you're here today and you want to give your life to Christ, we're going to give you that opportunity now. You might be thinking that in your heart. You might be thinking, yes, Michael, I want that. I want that for my life. So why don't we, we're all going to pray together. If there's people here today, we're going to pray, all going to pray along with you today. So let's all close our eyes and pray and, and ask Jesus uh, to forgive us. Father, we just, um, just repeat after me. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I realize that you have abundant life for me. I want to believe that. I want to know that. 
I want to run towards that. And this morning, I choose to do that. I choose to believe. Please forgive my sin. Make me righteous in your sight. And give me all the riches of heaven that you have laid out for me. In Jesus' name, amen.